Here. So, <laughs> <laughs> that is the best intro I have um, had. <laughs> okay. Hey, it's your boy, Sergio. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, little, 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 um, little, little chat to the viewers here. Um, so, <laughs> what, are your, what are your thoughts of, of being hit on at the gym? Or like I would love to get hit on at the gym, but hitting on someone else. Yeah, you know what? I'm sure every guy would say that. Though. Of course. That's some like cliche. You know, sometimes I feel like girls don't understand that though, because girls still remain extremely like timid about approaching guys, and there's not a single guy on earth who would like have a problem with a girl approaching them and hitting on them in the gym. Yeah, I mean, but the gym is such a, like a vulnerable place. I think that's what, where it comes down to. Like, you're going to the gym for a reason. Like, personally, I wouldn't want someone coming up to me and being like, "Hey, sexy." Like, no. Like, I'm trying to you know pump some iron. I mean, maybe, but if it's... I'm just... not trying to get my ego pumped. Well, maybe <laughs> yes, a little bit. Yes, you are. <laughs> if it's between a set, right, and someone comes up to you and they're just like, hey, what's your name? And they, I don't know, exchange a few things with you and they're like, I thought you were cute. Could I get your number? Like, that's never going to be like, get out of my fucking face. You're never going to react that way. Yeah, I, I guess that's right. I mean, but then it's that whole awkwardness phase of like them taking out their earbuds, stopping their music, like, what do you want? Like, you know, that's the it, issue. Yeah, yeah. It's the fucking micro social <laughs> like cues. transaction. That yeah. Have. You know, you're, they're like, it's like the perfectly like transition. They're like, take out their earbud, unpause their music. Like, uh huh. Uh huh. Who are you? <laughs> well, like, why are you looking at me weirdly? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. Like, if you approach someone in the gym, it is straight up an admission. Like, yeah, I was, I was, I was ogling your body. <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's not good. Mm, no. But also like. It's, like, everyone is in the gym to try to look hotter. So isn't it kind of, like, shouldn't we just accept that and be like, okay, if I'm trying to look hotter, it's not just for myself, it's for other people. So it should be okay that other people are noticing that I'm looking hot. True, but then I feel like it can come across in a way that's, like, a little too straightforward. Like, to the point where, like, Maybe they, they, they're doing it to get make themselves look better or whatever, some other reason. But they want to do that on their, like, own time in, like, a safe environment. And maybe they go to the gym just to, you know, make themselves feel a little bit better about themselves or whatever. And they're not there to be hit on. Like, you I know, they're that. not expecting it. And so they're a little bit shocked by that. That is, like, sure, that's one... But, like, you could also completely look at it from the other side. And, like, it's, like, maybe they're going to the gym is specifically because, yeah, because they're trying to look better, because they want people to hit on them more often. I literally think that's just you. I don't think so. You go you go to the gym just to get hit on. No. What? Okay. I was just wondering. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, attacking you. I'm not, you know, yeah, I'm clearly not the gym has been doing nothing for <laughs> how I actually look. Goes to the gym. How come no one hit on me? <laughs> It's so weird. It's such a strange... I'm just thing. constantly trying to make eye contact to see if someone will come over. Staring at everyone. <laughs> Instantly look looking away. away. <laughs> Purposely um, makes it weird just so they have to approach them and tell you to stop. <laughs> Any attention is good attention. No. Um, Any attention is good um, No, I don't... It's not like... Like, I'm not going to the gym to get attention and I don't think and I'm not saying other people are going to the gym to get attention I'm just saying part like part of the reason that many people are at the gym is because they want to look better because they want more attention and I don't think I don't think it's like a bad I don't think they suddenly specifically don't want that attention at the gym 
Like, people dress to look good at the gym, too. You can... I feel like that's part of it. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Like, sometimes I'll show up looking like hot garbage. Like, oversized shirt. I'm already sweating. Like, yeah. you know, like, I'm not going there to be hit on. I'm, I'm going there to sweat my ass cheeks off and hopefully, you know, grow a few inches. See what happens. Your cock, obviously. Yeah. And by cock, you mean ass. <laughs> so then, yeah. Yeah, clearly. Um, um, <laughs> no, but that's fair. I feel like that's almost, that could almost be like a sign of whether or not someone would be, would like potentially want you to approach them. Of course, some people are just going to look good because they want the idea that everyone is looking at them, whether or not they actually want to be approached. But sure, of course, there are plenty of people who go to the gym in like oversized t-shirts or hoodies or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, you're clearly not trying to show off. So maybe I should treat you as though you're not trying to show off, but it's not true for everyone. Other people clearly are still showing off. I agree with that. So yeah, I don't know a lot. So then second thought, Mm -hmm. would you see, would you picture a gym where dudes would be wearing like super out there clothing to be like, see, looked at more like, you see this possibility, like, guys pulling up in, like, yoga pants, and, like... They could. Guys do wear leggings sometimes. Really? Yeah. But, um... Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about, like, the... What is this? Like, ski? The ski? Like, yeah. Thermal things? You know what I'm talking about? Basically. Um, I mean, there are guy versions of yoga pants. Like, gray sweatpants, basically, are guy versions of yoga That's pants. That's true. You know what you think about? Like, so it's, like... Yeah, and girls wear tank tops, guys wear tank tops, you know. But again, I think it comes down to the fact that perhaps the gym, like, it comes into play of like this, like, almost like a fantasy thing, like, oh, like, we're going to hit on this person at the gym, it's going to be great. And I feel like in reality, it's always comes across creepy, like, because it comes to that point of like, you are sexualizing the other person at the place when they're vulnerable, and it's a little weird. Like, <laughs> so I feel like this is a great opportunity, like, to broaden the conversation. Because is it, it people do sexualize other people, and people put oh, themselves out there the to time. be sexualized. So yeah. no, of course. So there are clearly some contexts where it's okay. True. Is it okay walking down the street? Well, yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be at the gym? If it's okay. Because I think it's a little bit more vulnerable. Like, they're going there to change something about themselves. So? They're they're putting themselves in a place where they're already slightly uncomfortable. Not necessarily. For some people. Sure. Some people could be uncomfortable walking down the street. That's also true. I think about the point. So it's like, it becomes a question of, like, where do you draw this line? Like, sure, you can say, like... In some, obviously, a club is, like, the other side of the spectrum. We're, God. You know that's why people have gone there. Oh, yeah. So it's it feels very safe to be able to, like, show someone that that's how you're thinking about it. Well, also because no one's going to remember anything because everyone's slammed, but... <laughs> Fair. Fair. Um, but I don't know. I, f- I feel like it's also, like, partly there's a, there's a fear in our generation to... Like, I feel like the context in which you're able to approach someone are being narrowed and narrowed and narrowed because we are, like, like rightfully, we've overcorrected in terms of, like, trying to make make sure that the women are comfortable and don't feel harassed 
right? But then it, you also get in this place where, like, people, I don't know, people like me are constantly questioning, like, whether it's okay, even though I, I think, okay, if I'm trying to be compassionate and put myself in the other person's shoes, yeah, I would want an attractive person to approach me and be like, yeah, hey. I get I get both sides. I, I can see how they could be scary, like, well, I can't say coming from a female perspective. Obviously, I'm not a female, but yeah. I, I understand, like, I don't think, I, I get that, you, you said, like, overcorrecting. And I want you to kind of, like, specify, like, what you mean by that. Basically, like, well, because I think, um, for, like, it, rightfully, it, enough messaging was put out there, and, like, we've, we have been taught about how, like, really, really bad men are the worst people, and they make, they do make women feel uncomfortable, and they do much, much worse than make women feel uncomfortable, right? And so, we, since we know that, and that's, that is, like, that rings such loud alarm bells in our minds. It makes us so that we we start to draw the line like further back than where maybe it even should be drawn. So we're like, okay, to make sure there's absolutely no chance of us doing this thing that we know is so bad and that sends those alarm bells off, let's not even like try let's let's try less to put ourselves out there. Right? Let's let's make sure we're completely safe and we're not potentially pushing that. I see. But by doing so, it also reduces, like, a lot of... Uh, interactions in general. Exactly. I see, I see. So that's why I think it's a little bit of an overcorrection. So you're saying there's... You think there's an issue with pe- not being able to approach other people, but at the same... Or women in general, and, and yeah. women kind of thinking that men are going to approach them, and so there's that line that almost can't be crossed because it... You know, like, there's, like, this double negative where, like, you, it's, you could be coming off as a creep in society for, like, approaching a woman, and the woman, at the same time, like, expects you to approach them to, like, hit on them. Exactly. Okay, I see. Yeah. I think, like, I think that makes sense. It's, it's like, it's like a paradox. I talked about this on one of my other, on my podcast with Christina a little bit, Mm -hmm. and it's just, like... Like I'm, I'm all, I'm all for like making sure men don't do creepy things, but oh, yeah. so that no. there can still be romantic interaction, the women just gotta initiate sometimes. I feel like every dude said that ever. They're like, bro, maybe. Why can't the girls just come here? Why Probably. can't they just, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is not new technology we're throwing out well, there. Like, on. <laughs> Let's know? move on. <laughs> um. I mean, I don't know. I also think part of it is. I mean, I would think you would struggle with would struggle with this too. Is like like there's two there's so much overthinking happening in the moment. And I feel like some guys just kind of feel it and go for it, and then it's fine. And I'm terrible at doing that. So you're saying you, you like wouldn't even bother approaching because you're like already overthinking all the possibilities. Exactly. Of like like is this right? Is this wrong? Will I make the person uncomfortable? What do I say to not make the person uncomfortable? Blah blah. blah. I mean, I, I feel like everyone's been there. Everyone's, everyone's done that at some point. They're like, oh my God, is this the right place and time? Like, am, am I about to break some law? Am I going to jail? Like, yeah. You know? And sometimes you guys just send it. Yeah. And then figure it out from there. Oh. And I think... Hopefully it, you don't go to jail. That would be really bad. Yeah. But... Yeah, have if you do, somewhat decent judgment. At least you get a pretty good story out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess to conclude... 
I would say I think it is okay to sometimes say I'll send it at the gym. Okay. I mean, I've done it before, and it's worked, so I think it's fine. I mean, it worked for Fernando. Oh, yeah. I think that does work. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that, that comes down to, like, BU Fit Rec being an absolute shit show. Like, just too many people. Such so a weird mishmash of a bunch of people coming together to pump some iron. Man. <laughs> like, yeah, you see people in, like, high heels, flip-flops. I've seen so many, like, crazy things. Like, really? God, some people, I swear, are just making up workouts. Like, there's no way these are, like, it's real. Like, feet in the pulley, the, the, like, pull-down machines. No. Like, yeah. <laughs> high heel squatting. I mean, what is going on? Crazy. That's funny. Absolutely wild ride <laughs> every time I'm there. That was really funny. Mm. It's a shame. You should come. If only you went to be a step. Yeah, if only I was younger. Fitter. Back in my good old days. Like a, like a 30 year old, yeah. like looking back, you're like, ah, my son's going to be you. <laughs> Live up to my legacy. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. so this is Sergio my friend by the way people who are listening we really just dove in I usually intro the conversations more I mean you started talking that's huge yeah that's kind of how a conversation works I mean someone has to say something <laughs> well I'm the host what do we just stare at each other and be like oh, okay here we go we'll just make like weird faces for like an hour and then everyone be like what is going on this is the strangest podcast ever like, yeah that wouldn't really work um but anyways, next week's episode, creepy faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all you get to hear is our verbal reactions. To ASMR them. with the, <laughs> what is it, the dishwasher going on, just going like. <laughs> so I could ask what's been on your mind, or I could talk about things that have been on my mind. Has there been anything interesting on your mind recently? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Let me try to like remember a little bit i i, I remember the, like the overall outcome but i had a wild dream like absolutely wild cool anyways the main takeaway from that was a question just a simple question it was so weird so the, the it was a i don't know i was having a really weird sleep and i like fell asleep at, like 4 a.m and i woke up and i was like the question that came to my mind was like, are you okay? And I was like, that's such a weird question. And I was thinking a lot about that. And I wound up just staying up for the next two hours just thinking about that question. Like, for example, like, why people don't ask that more often? Like, I feel like that question should be asked a lot more to people because it has such a vague yet could be really specific meaning to it. Like, you know. Are you? I am okay. Today, I'm okay. When I had this conversation with myself, kind of like a 4 a.m., 6 a.m. shower thought almost, but I was in bed. Um, no, I was not okay. And I kind of realized the importance of, like, actually just, like, checking on, on, like, your friends and, like, people you care about and just actually asking them, like, this, like, simple question that I feel like people do not ask enough. Do you think there's a difference between asking... Are you okay? And like, how are you? Or how have you been? Oh, absolutely. How are you? I feel like people never 
think about the negative things going on in their life. They're like, oh, that question has to mean that I'm, I'm doing great. I feel like a lot of people are, are hesitant to be like, yeah, my life is shit. Like, uh, like you know. I guess. Because, like, if I say, like, oh, how are you? Like, I'm not going to say, oh, how are you? Like, it's usually in a happier tone. Like, I'm trying to catch up with you, perhaps. You're trying to start more lighthearted, jovial conversation. Right, right. Exactly. I'm not trying to be like, how are you? I'm not, you know, waiting for you to be like, yeah, my, like, grandma died. Like, no. See, I think that's where I differ from most people. Oh, yeah, you're not a normal kid, Ben. So. <laughs> I'm a normal adult. No. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think one of the, I'm, I'm grateful that I do that fairly often. Checking on yourself. Or checking on Checking on other people. But do you specifically use this garbage okay? of, like, just asking straight up, are you okay? Um, not usually. Why not? Or, like, what's your go-to? Like, how do you preface getting into such, like, these I, conversations? I do ask, how are you? And does that usually take you, you know, down that path of... Or maybe I'll say something like, how have you been, have you been, have you been doing okay? Like, I'll... Mm-hmm. I used to kind of drill more towards, I want to know how mental health-wise you are doing. I want you to explain that to me. But I, I felt started to feel like I was going too far on that end of the spectrum. And that people, I think I was almost starting to alienate people because it's like, like you're, you're, you're like too interested in this. You're like, like pressing, it feels like pressing the issue. Yeah. You're like, like almost forcing an issue that may not even be there. Exactly. Which is why, again, I think this question is so important. Because just asking, are you okay? I'm not insinuating anything about your mental health or See, how you're being. But I think some people would disagree. That just because the question is so rare, that it kind of does insinuate. Something might be wrong. Tell me if it is. But I don't know. Well, no, because I feel like you can... The, the question itself is not meant to pry into your life. It's meant to be open-ended. So you're supposed to be able to answer it however you please. Like, yeah. Definitely. You know? I'm not trying to, like, drill you, like, oh, you, mental health, bad? I knew it. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. I agree. Um, I mean, I think it's a great... Have you you tried to reach out to anyone since? That's the thing. Um, Was it, like... I haven't, actually, because I was going to do that. I I was feeling really in touch with myself mentally... And, like, my mental health mm-hmm. after, like, I came to this, like, beautiful sort of, like, realization. Yeah. Kumbaya. <laughs> yeah, I had a little kumbaya moment. Like, yeah. literally, like, it was, it was gorgeous. And I was like, I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to reach out. Mm-hmm. And then I fell asleep. And then I, like, completely forgot what, what happened. And, you know, it was, like, back, it was, you know, back in my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now it's back. So now, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start. I think I'm going to start using that. It's good. It's a, it's a good, good thing to say to people. Why weren't you okay when it was happening? Maybe, again, now I'm maybe touching on that. I'm drilling yeah, too much. Um, that's a great question. I don't exactly recall. Um, yeah, I don't actually really recall. I think it was like over over two weeks ago now. Yeah, that was a while ago. But um, I don't know. I think it was a buildup of school stress. And me just being annoyed at myself for not taking care of my body and not really 
working towards anything at all. And like, I think that was the week where actually I missed a lot of classes just to like sleep in. And I was feeling like really bad about myself because, <laughs> you know, I pay a shit ton of money to go to the school. Mm-hmm. So like I should go to class and, you know, like sleeping's fine. I get it. But like, I need to go to class even when I'm tired because I feel like the experience I get from actually going to class is so much better than sleeping in. Like, I'm only going to be in college one time. Or maybe twice. We'll see. Yeah. But, um, (laughs) I don't know. I always just feel, like, in the moment, I'm like, oh, sleeping in is going to be great. I'm going to feel amazing. And I never do. And then I always just wind up feeling, like, almost guilty to the fact that I didn't go. Like, I'm missing out on all this information that I'm actively trying to grasp and become knowledgeable in and I'm just wasting my time just sleeping for no reason. And it's not like it's even good sleep. Like you can sleep for as many hours as you want. You still wake up feeling like ass. Yeah. And more so because you know, you skip class. Exactly. Hmm. Why do you, do you feel like it's just easy to justify that? I don't know. Like each time you're like missing one class is whatever in your mind. Oh yeah. Oh, I do that so much. Yeah. I'm like, psh. I know people who can give me the notes. I I know, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. you make these excuses up in the moment and you're just to like not go. And then after you're like, that's so stupid. Why did I do that? And then you like get frustrated with yourself and then that carries over. Mm. And then, you know, you do it again. You're like, I already did this this week. Like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then you do it a third time. You're like, okay, dude, really? Like, come on. You know, pep talk time. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because the way you're describing it, it sounds like kind of school, like school gives you that consistent thing where you feel like you're working towards something. And so that's why it's a really good outlet for you to be able to feel good about yourself. Um, it's funny. Like, I, I don't think, I don't think school was that for me for several years. Interesting. Several years. And is I, that because you didn't like your major? Or just because like... Maybe, but I think, I think I kind of started to I started to dismiss school in terms of like an enrichment opportunity very early on in high school even um I just was so jaded by structured learning and I found out how like it felt too easy for me to um to succeed in the system without engaging in it um and so I was like, well, clearly if I can bullshit this and be good, then it's all bullshit, which isn't true. It's just that, um, sure, you might be able to bullshit your way through it, but you can also engage with it and then get more out of it. Um, but I, I don't know. I was too easy to keep taking the easy way out. Um, and maybe there were some... Like, maybe part of it was the classes that I was taking, and if I did do a different major, then I would be more inclined. But I I kind of feel like anytime I'm in a position like this, um, where there are, like, strict deadlines, strict things to get done, um, I'm, I kind of disconnect from it a little bit and just try try to meet the expectations and then leave it. So never going above and beyond? No. Yeah. Because it's, for me, I'm in my mind, it's always, what's the point? It's a valid question. At gratification, perhaps. I guess, but 
knowing that you can become more knowledgeable in your specific field? Yeah. Knowing that experience plays a part in that? True. Maybe if I thought there was importance to any particular field, that I would. I think part of it, too, is especially with STEM, I, I feel like working in STEM makes me feel almost like a robot. How so? Like you're a problem solver, right? And so you're, you're training to be the best problem solver you can, but it's not, it has nothing to do with your unique personhood. It's just like, it's just like, let's accrue all the knowledge I can. So I have the most, like the biggest encyclopedia to work with that I can contribute to this problem and I can potentially go and grab different things from it. But it's not like, I don't know, it feels very impersonal and it's like, Sure, some, like anyone else could build that encyclopedia for themselves and plug in that knowledge into this problem as much as well as I could. But here's where I think the personality part plays a role. You may think about doing it in a specific way, and that's very specific to you. Mm-hmm. And me, for example, I might think about doing it in a completely different way. And so I think STEM brings together, it gives you the basis, this knowledge, this background, to not tell you how to do the problem. It gives you this knowledge to show you a path and you have to take those pieces and actually create it. And there's so many different ways you can do that. And I feel like STEM as a general construct in general, um, it really teaches you to like know that there's not just one right answer. True. And so I think that's where the personality and the personhood of STEM comes into play mm. like it's not just so cut and dry like i don't know like, i feel like math is a good example like it's not just like two plus two is four like you have to do different pathing to actually get to your answer it's not always the same true i i do understand that i guess it feels it feels more like sure there are going to be there are going to be different ways to get to a correct answer but probably not an infinite amount of ways to get that to that correct answer. And generally for, for problems that, at least problems that matter the most, right, um, in terms of societal impact or whatever, there are already so many minds working on it. There are so many minds all trying to come up with so many different solutions. And so on the other hand, with something that's more like creativity, like there's to me the the different expressions of similar maybe ideas in creative works is more um i guess important or impactful just because it's not attempting to get to one answer it's more just attempting to express something that someone else might resonate with and based on the specific criteria that you or like the specific words that you write or the specific colors that you use or whatever it might be um certain individuals will just resonate more with those individual pieces sorry i'm like i've jumped all over the place <laughs> um pull it in reel it in yeah yeah but <laughs> take old message we were starting <laughs> we were talking about whether you were okay yeah <laughs> and not going to school um yeah well, are you okay?
that's another maybe that's another problem with the question. <laughs> very hard to answer. What is okay? Like I'm it's up to you. Like I have a status quo. How will that be? It's it's run me through the track checklist here. <laughs> I don't know. It's constantly it's constantly overthinking. I was actually thinking about this a lot today. It's constantly overthinking. It's failing to to feel a lot of the time. It's just in general. Just just feeling. Like what are you a worm? Like what do you mean? Like like there's so much more happening in my head than is happening in oh, my body or with my feelings. <laughs> Gotta be scared for a moment. I was like, I was like what do you mean? You're not Take me to anything. a hospital. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> um, no, I I constant I have discomfort with with stillness. Constantly feeling like there is something wrong and there's a problem that needs to be solved. And I'm constantly working in my head and mm-hmm. a lot of times that work is coming out of like shame. And so sure I can in a ton of ways I am okay. Like I I get to I have a ton of close relationships where I'm able to have conversations like this comfortably. I have so little work or responsibilities to do. Like in terms of the things that most people or not I don't know about most people. I don't want to make myself sound overly special, but <laughs> the daily stressors that a lot of people struggle with do not weigh on me at all. And yet, on the other hand, the existential stressors of whether I'm enough and how I need to, whether I need to change myself and how I need to change myself to become lovable. So just existing. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with existence. I see. And is this your natural state? You yes. Say? Got it. Yes. So, I don't know. Deep breath. I like that. Yeah, it can help sometimes. Viewers, <sighs> you're listening to this, take, now's a good time to take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, now is when you direct your attention to your feet on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> if you are like Ben and you can't feel anything, please go to a local hospital. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, but that's actually really interesting because um, this morning... I went to the aquarium with Liana for this wellness. The Hillel was having some sort of like wellness day thing. And so I was so concerned about getting there on time. And like, I showed up really late. I felt <laughs> awful because they already were basically ending by the time I got there. And I didn't even have my ticket. And I still somehow got in, and by the time I got there, I was like, why am, why am I stressed about going to an aquarium right now? And then, like, I actually got into the aquarium, and I realized how much of an impact just, like, being outside and, like, actually being in the aquarium and just, like, knowing that everything's fine. Like, I don't need to be on time to go to an aquarium. Like, this is not something that's that important. Exactly. Like, who am I there for? The penguins? Yeah, obviously. But like they don't have watches. They don't have watches. Yeah. They don't know. They don't have wrists. They probably still think like they're in Antarctica or South Africa or wherever they came from. I hope so. I really don't know what kind of penguins they are because again, I was there for like thirty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, like major takeaway: if you're stressed, realize that like sometimes it's just not 
not that much of a big deal. Like, life will go on. Yeah. Be the penguin. Don't have a watch. That's the life lesson. Truly. I think, yeah, and I think I, even, even that kind of react, hmm, I don't know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> yeah. It can, it can have two sides, I guess. Um, cause I, like, I don't know. I think, I think that a big part of, like I said, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not affected by like daily stressors like that as much because that's the stuff where I've convinced, like, I'm, I'm very with it that, yeah, that doesn't matter. That's not a big deal. Um, but I, I think the, like, if you do it too much, the problem is general apathy starts to set in. Mm. I'm just like, it's, it's almost like why do or care about anything. anything. I see. Yeah. But I think that comes down to the fact that don't take this the wrong way. I personally think. Yeah. You are not pushing yourself at all. You're right. To try to better yourself. You are so comfortable with just doing your little little job for a couple hours a week and just having all this free time, I actually think is bad for you. And that's kind of a terrible thing to say. I don't think I've ever said that to anyone. It's not a bad thing to say. But um you need a job that like intellectually challenges you. At least a little bit. At least pretend like it does. Because you told me yourself when you were here, what, two days ago? Yeah. That you're so bored. You have so much free time. Yeah. And your job is mindless. Yes. So why stay at your job? That's that, you know. Because, because intellectual challenge in and of itself does not entice me. I want intellectual challenge for some other end, maybe. Like, I'm down for intellectual challenge. And there are other, like, there are outlets for me to intellectual intellectually challenge myself that do not force me okay like what chess okay chess is like constant puzzle solving constantly trying to work you should pick up a hobby is chess does chess not count no that's all it counts i mean there i i do hobbies i do this like this even this is my favorite way to intellectually challenge myself it's like figuring having open discussion with yourself oh god yes the scariest type of intellectual discussion i mean with someone else yeah, that's the challenge. I get it. It's like a game of chess. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like, it's the figuring out life. Ba- basically, and I, I hate to say this, it sounds so pretentious, philosophizing. Oh, God. Sheesh. <laughs> but that's, that's the, and that's why I write, which intellectually challenges me. Um, but, and I'll, I'll admit, like, it's, I'm, I do, I should probably be better at making myself consistent if I am going to take the intellectual challenging into my own hands, mm-hmm. which is what I've decided to do. Because I don't I don't like it when authority figures make me do it. I don't like it. No one does. No one does. Why? Who, who likes someone else barking orders at you? No one. So that's why I have a job where I do nothing. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the free time is nice. Yeah. I just wish I had, like, other friends with jobs that made them do just as little as me. Yeah, that's gotta be... Gotta be a little lonely. <laughs> gotta pick up, like, baking. That'll get all the, the girls in. I, I mean, I, I do bake. And by girls, I mean me. The one girl I really care about. Making cupcakes. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I just... I just... I eat too much sugar already. Oh, I do too. That's the problem. Oh, my God. Jeez, okay. You just... We just need to cook better. <laughs> 
Wow. Do you do this too? Okay. You purposely buy zero sugar products because you know if there is any sugar in your house, you have no self-control. Yeah. God, it's not just me. Okay, like right now, I have these matcha Kit Kats. Yeah. I've eaten half the bag in a day. Like, at one sitting. 20 minutes. Honestly, that's pretty, like, like the bag would be gone in an hour for me. It's because my stomach started hurting because I was eating so much sugar. Mm. It was like, what am I doing? I, I didn't even notice that's how bad sugar is for me. Like, I was just popping them in like like pills. Yeah. This is something kind of reminds I don't know who I was. Maybe it was Matt who I was Probably talking about this with recently. I think it was Matt. She's got a big sh- dude. Continue. Um, just the general idea of like, at, like over the span of all life on Earth. All life. That's a big scale going big here okay clearly <laughs> right like animals or living things have been sensorily driven sensorily sensorily like they've been driven okay. to do things that are good for them and for their survival basically right generally fitness yes okay so but like like sugar tastes good because it was good to eat sugar because it was denser in calories and you couldn't overeat it right um, sex feels good because it helps us reproduce and is good for our brains. But we have become so dominant and like the power of society as humans, we're so dominant and we have so much time. Oh, you're saying as a species yes. compared to other species? Yes. I was like, dominant towards what? Sugar? I was like, <laughs> no, and so much, sugar. <laughs> so much access to these sensory like pleasures that that we are act they are bad for us now. That we we have consolidated them into such like high density bites that it's bad for us to get them, that it's too easy to overindulge. And so for the first time, even in just like the past 30 years or maybe even 50 or 100 years, in the history of life, it's like we we need to specifically deprive ourselves of the sensory rewards to live better and to feel better and to survive better. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I, I, well, no, I do agree with that. I lied. I actually thought about it. I do agree. Yeah. It's nuts. That's just technology, man. You know, it, yeah, it's a crazy paradigm shift. It's like, I don't know, but I think it's also a good, a good thing that like, it's teaching us self-control unintentionally. <laughs> like true. Too much of some things is bad. That's the key takeaway. Yeah. A lot of people don't get that. I don't get that when <laughs> it comes to sugar. Yeah. I'm still trying to pop 20 Kit Kats in my mouth at once and see if I can swallow them. Like, I can't. Exactly. But I'm going to do it every time. <laughs> You're going to try. Because I'm an animal at the end of the day. That's the thing. We are all still fucking beasts. Yeah. Literally. Like, give me a rock. I'll kill someone. I will make it into a cave or something. I don't know where I was going with that. You yeah. know, I, that was the wrong, yeah, the yes. wrong <laughs> object to go with. Yeah, I, I actually... Hmm. <laughs> where did, how did I get on to this? Oh, we were talking about... Sugar? Baking. Ah, oh, baking. As a hobby. So hard. Yeah, but the idea of... I mean, do you, do you feel like you do intellectually stimulating things outside of school? Fuck yeah. Like, well, outside of school, I still, 
like to follow up and like keep up with scientific stuff. Let's put it that way. You know, like I'll read like nature. I don't know if you guys have nature or like science, two of the major scientific journals. Yeah. I like check up every day and like see what's going on in the world. See what research is going on. Because like personally, the okay, well not personally, but the bio field itself is just so big. Yep. I've come to the realization like this year, I don't know, like probably not even half of the shit in bio. Like, I don't think I'll ever know half mm-hmm. of whatever's going on in bio. That's how big it is. I don't think will. And that's really fucking cool. But also, damn, that kind of sucks. I want to be that guy who's like, hey, I know 50% of everything in bio. Like, <laughs> but it's just never going to happen. There's just so much. Sure. And so, like, I don't know. I, I try to stimulate myself by, like, keeping up as much as I can, but there's so much. Do you, do you think... Are there, like, specific kinds of content this this i have talked about with Inez. are there specific kinds of content which get to be deemed intellectually stimulating and others that don't get that label hmm. what do i think about that in the concept of bio you're saying no just in general yes for sure i mean things that i'm not interested in so for example like I don't know. I dislike baseball. Oh God, yes. I really dislike baseball. How'd you know that? <laughs> just a guess. Yeah, I'm not a big baseball fan. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, so reading just... a blog about baseball would not be intellectually uh, stimulating. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I don't even want to put it on. Why is this honestly? Why are you playing a sport where the goal is to hit a ball, but you? Hit the ball probably like five percent of the time, like twenty-five. Still, that's not invigorating for anyone. You hit it once every like what three games maybe, and then you're like, okay, whippy. We well, didn't get a point. Hit, you hit the ball more often. It just goes to fielders. Uh, yeah, and then you just get out. Yeah, every time for the most part. No. Yeah, this is no. my takeaway. It's more you, balanced than you're making it out to be. Yeah. Well, I remember going to a baseball game one time I was at basketball that'd be pretty funny I went to do a baseball game it was so long why is it so long what was it like it was like four hours three or four hours it was ridiculous I was yeah. like what is going on I there's not enough alcohol here for me to like want to be here so it depends on what whether you're interested basically oh I'm absolutely not interested but yeah it does depend to be that. intellectually stimulating because there are people who are super interested in baseball and True. who can learn the really nitty gritty of the game who can write blogs about it, who can predict a bunch of, of different stuff. And then it could be intellectually stimulating. Well, of course you can only be intellectually stimulated by things that you are interested in. It's the same thing in school. Like, you get taught all... So, a good example, like, in school you're taught a lot of subjects. High school, let's go back to high school. You know, like, history, math, yep. gym... <laughs> Science. Science. Yes. Whatever. English. You will only take away what you want to take away from those classes. Obviously, they're jamming information into your brain. They're just, you're just getting, like, people are just speaking at you for hours. But in reality, you are only absorbing what you find interesting. At least that was the case for me. Like, I would only absorb, or I would absorb what I learned in science class a lot more and easier than what I would absorb in math class. 
I'm not saying that you can't absorb the material that you're not interested. You totally can. You can do that. I just think it's a lot harder. You actually have to put dedication into learning about those things. Yeah, that's fair. I, it's just interesting because as I've aged, I feel like, I feel like interest generally comes much less naturally to me. In general? Yeah. You have no interests. Um, are you okay? We already answered that one. I know, but now I'm questioning it. <laughs> it, it comes unnaturally. Like, I have to force myself to become interested in things. And um, it's very hard. What are you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For all the viewers who can't see this, he, he's... He's just fondling my pencil right now. Well, why do you have a hole in the middle of your eraser for uh, the pencil? To why are into? you sticking the pencil in the hole? It just fits. It seems right. I don't think that's consensual. <laughs> <laughs> the eraser did not say yes to this. Um, honestly, dude, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is the biggest sign that I have clinical depression. Because interests don't just come easily. Like, I don't... There isn't something that I, like that when I'm just sitting around that I want to voraciously read to learn about because I'm like, oh, this is so cool. I also, I think, well, clinical depression can show in a lot of different ways. But Yeah, that, let's, let's forget I said. I think, for me personally, I think it's more difficult for me to actually want to upkeep those interests than to actually start those interests. I feel like a lot really? of people have problems keeping interests in things for example like i play piano i have a piano in my room i love playing piano i used to love playing piano i still love playing piano i just cannot find the time and i say that knowing that i have a shit ton of time yeah i make excuses not to play piano because i can't find the interest in doing it and that is what i would consider a symptom of my anxiety ah yeah, I think that's how I describe it with everything. But I, are are you saying it's hard to find interest in doing things, or is it hard for you to find interests? Period, like hobbies or whatever. Um, because I feel like just finding interests in general is hard enough for anyone. It's hard to get into things, especially if you're like it's hard to start things. Yeah, of course. Sure. Um. Certain things. I think it also depends on, like, kind of the the sample size of anything you're doing. True. Like, piano, it can be... I guess it, it'll depend, like, if you're, if you're trying to learn a piece. Like, if you have the specific thing in mind of something that is maybe very difficult for you, and it feels like, I have to put so much time into this to get it, then it's super hard to start. And that happens for a lot of things. And that's part of why I feel like... I'm drawn to something like chess where I can play a game in 10 minutes or a blog where I write three to five pages and then I'm done and I don't have to worry about it until I get another idea that tickles my brain. And things like writing my TV show, which like, which I do enjoy a lot, but feels like such a bigger, more daunting project. I do a lot less. Mm Mm-hmm you find it hard to actually start back up. Like you'll get a little inspired here and there. Yeah. And then you'll finish that and you'll be like, I don't know when to st- I'm going to start this again. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I get that. 
<sighs> so, and I, and I, again, it feels like, it just feels like a lot of the interests are forced. Like I'll, I'll maybe, maybe I'll get inspired for the TV show and then it'll, I won't be home or something, so I won't write it and then it'll fade and then a time will come when I'm available and I'll be like, oh, I should use this time to, mm-hmm. maybe, I, maybe I should use, use this, this time, time and allocate it towards doing to this writing thing. this, but I'm not it never particularly happens, compelled usually. to. Yeah. And I don't, and that's the thing too with nihilism is that you don't need to because right. nothing fucking matters. Yeah. I get it. And that's why it's so much nicer to just talk about what's wrong with life rather than actually go fix it. Alright, relax, bud. Relax. You had me up until that point. So is this in a way therapeutic for you? Yeah. Totally. It's logical. I mean, it doesn't even it doesn't have to be recorded. These conversations in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't always have to record while I'm sleeping, but you do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> because that's also therapeutic. <laughs> I mean, does it feel therapeutic for you? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the other thing. I don't know if they know this, but I only have known you for a year. Yeah. That's, this, is, this shocked me when you told me this. I feel like I've known you much longer than a year. Weird. Why do you think it is? Stroke my ego. I feel close to you. I feel well, close I mean, to you? I, I am close to you. I don't feel close to you. I am close to you physically now. <laughs> Yikes. Correct. Um, <laughs> he slowly, Sergio no. slowly rolls his chair closer to me. <laughs> Unzips pants. No, um, no but um, I don't know. I personally think you're very open. I think that's why we bonded very quickly yeah we're very mic-lined that was funny we're very mic-lined you like that that's good okay okay Um, we're like-minded yeah do you so you feel like you're very open too yeah i i I feel like i used to never be like this actually in high school i was like pretty shy pretty reserved Mm. it wasn't until like senior year when i realized like there's just no point in and being shy, like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And that's when I, like, stepped, you know, like, stepped out of the comfort zone. Yeah. That phrase. I hate that phrase. But it's, it's real. It is real. I did it. And I was like, well, why, why am I afraid of talking to people? This is so weird. People yeah. are just, just as uncomfortable as I am. True. Very true. So I, like, made it a thing when I got here freshman year to college, like, go talk to as many people as you can. I did the same. Because who cares? You're not going to say, yeah, these people anyways. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. I must say, I think there is, like, a there's a special power of freshman year. There, oh, there's God. a magic. That freshman year power. You are so right. Yeah. Because there's a confidence that everyone else also wants to, to make friends with everyone. As possible. Jesus Christ, you're so right. It you're, was huge. Yeah. At that point, it was, like, just say things, and whatever sticks with whoever, boom, friends. You yeah. know? It's like... What can I say that'll make... Well, not even what can I say to make me likable. It's just like, how many people can I talk to until something sticks? Like... Yes. Totally. But the problem was, everything stuck. And then it got to this point where I was like, oh, some of these people are not good people. Mm. And that's the second half freshman year. And I was like, 
yeah, I don't want to be associated with some of these people. <laughs> That's fair. I I feel like I was lucky to not feel that way a ton. I mean, That's of course, it's now been over five years since my freshman year, or five years. Over five. Not that it relax. Over five years. Oh yeah. Shut up. Holy shit. Or maybe five years. Fuck it. Um, the point is, uh, I mean, in like, of course, friendships have certainly faded out and faded oh, yeah. since then. That's just life, dude. Of course. Um, but it wasn't like, it was never like, oh, these people are bad people. It's just, it, it was like, oh, some of these relationships that I have just, like, I want to make them work and I'm trying to be open with communication, but they've just developed into this place that toxicity remains and like I can't stay comfortable and also treat these people right while treating myself right so Mm. that definitely happens um it's weird though I do feel like a lot uh, the pendulum really has like swung back a little bit for me in terms of comfort with talking to people you should have seen me freshman year I was a machine but now I don't know if it's partly because of like maturity Lack of external interests. The lights just flickered, right? I'm not going insane. Yes, they did. Oh, thank I God. thought you were just reacting to what I said. And I was like, I, I didn't think it was that extreme. <laughs> He's a machine. <laughs> <laughs> he was plowing through the kids. <laughs> I don't like that for yeah, a Yeah, I actually really dislike that. It came out of mouth. I was like, someone's going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and probably, it's probably both of us. <laughs> okay, maybe Ben. Because <laughs> I'm throwing him under the bus after he plows these kids. All right, so... <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like it's weird because like yeah, now I talk to new people and it's like, how's it going? And I'm like, Dead I don't side. have anything. To, <laughs> I don't have anything to talk about except my existential dread. Uh, um, yeah, I just need to get better at asking more like weird out of pocket questions. Like yesterday, I was at a bar with this group, and no. I was like, was like, everyone was your least favorite mammal. I don't think that's the best takeaway. <laughs> I love that you took this in not the way I was expecting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's a terrible idea. What is then how do I connect with people? Teach me. Just What do I talk don't about? Think about it. That's impossible. What are you doing right now? With you? Are you thinking about what we're talking about? No. Bingo. But this is a different context Why? because, like you said, we're close. Why? Why? We weren't close when we first met, and and we wouldn't have had this conversation. I don't know if that's true. Maybe not. Maybe I could ask some random person to come on a podcast because the context. But context matters. Mm. True. I mean, it really depends where you're meeting these people. Exactly. Like, if you're meeting at the gym. No, man. <laughs> I'm not trying to go full circle. That's a little too much. Um, <laughs> um, also, we don't have to talk about this. This feels overly self-indulgent. Oh, God. Do it. <laughs> um, do you feel compelled to continue to meet new people all the time? Well, yeah. I like I like meeting new people. I think it's refreshing. Like, it's good to have a base layer of friends, Mm. but it's also really good meeting new people and just seeing, like, what's going on in other people's lives and just getting to know other people helps you grow your friends even more and more. Yes. 
Yeah, and it also feels like personally growing. Yeah, no, it does. Because I feel like if you don't try to put yourself out there to meet new people, you're just going to be stuck in this little like enclosure of people that you already know almost everything about. And that's not really great. You need yes. to see other people's perspectives on things sometimes. Yeah. I think that's why it's really refreshing to like meet someone just whatever, on the street, just catch up, with, like talk to them. Yeah. Just, you know, figure out what's going on in other people's lives. Yeah. I also think that's really interesting why I personally think it's really good to have some friends that are older and some friends that are younger. Because I like to see, like, you know, people, I have a few friends that are actually like 30, 32 now. Brother's friends? And, yeah, my brother's friends. And actually back in high school, one of the first friends that I made at the rescue squad was 38. First friend. And this is when I was shy. So that was like huge achievement. Like, I never realized how many things a 16-year-old and a 38-year-old could have in common until I actually started speaking to her. And I was like, wait a minute. Am I old? No, yeah, no, that's not the conclusion. Um, I was just like, wow, these issues that I'm having are so relatable to, to people of all ages. And yeah. the perspectives were just so refreshing. Just such a great take on what I was going through. Totally. I've always felt that, I, I think. is like I, I don't know, I guess that, like I've heard people claim it's weird for for people be friends with others of very different ages and I have always disagreed um, what do you feel like I do disagree with that. is generally the like differences that you notice between friends that are younger and friends that are older there's a maturity gap for sure and I think that plays a role in how they entertain specific scenarios so like for example their attitude towards um I don't know, partners, you know, like, could be very different than what you consider now as sure. partners and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think I agree, but also sometimes it's it's almost the opposite. Or, like, I, I, it doesn't... True. I've, yeah, for example... Necessarily like, correlate with age in my oh, experience. No, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I, I would say maturity, it's common, but... I mean, I'm not going to generalize. I've, I've met, I personally think I was a really mature 16-year-old, but who knows? That would, that would make sense I've me. met a lot of really mature, like, young age people and a lot of immature older people. Hmm. Like, I don't think maturity is age-specific. I agree. I think it can be. I think you can learn from experience and grow as a person over time I think that's course. definitely possible but by no means is it like set in stone that you have to be mature by a certain age totally because I think maturity is accelerated by certain things and it's stalled or by certain circumstances of life and it's stalled by others it's accelerated by hardship basically yeah. no and it is it's stalled by lacking that by constantly falling into basically the the comforting arms of close-mindedness yeah yeah not questioning definitely so and i mean there there are plenty of people who live their whole lives 
in that state. Yeah. Just that's what they choose to do. Go for it. Wild. Yeah. Do you think to be self-indulgent, am I mature? I knew you were going to ask it. I was waiting for it. It was coming. How old are you? 23. Ooh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was 22. Um, When's your birthday? November. 21st. Okay. But, um... Honestly, I can't tell. And I don't mean that in a bad way. And it's not just you. But I'm in a point in my life where I can't tell maturity of other people anymore because I mm-hmm. feel like everyone has grown around me to a certain maturity level. For example, like in high school, I I knew I was more mature than other people because of the way that I, I acted. My mannerisms were different. My thinking was different. I was had different issues that a lot of kids did not have. And so they never went through that. And so I feel like I grew up really quick. And a lot of hmm. high schoolers didn't really do that. They hmm. were just like fucking around, peeing in the soap dispensers. Animals. I mean... It's horrifying. Yeah, I know. You're going for soap and you're like, that's weird. Why is this soap? Oh God, it's pee. How do they even get it in there? And why? 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 Such a dick move. Such a dick move. High scores. Okay. Maturity. Yeah. It all comes back. But now you just feel like everyone around you is... But now I feel like... Well, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, like, you're in an institution to learn. I assume you're going to have a generalization of what maturity is. So I expect you to live up to that generalization. And then I assess from there, are these people mature or are they not? I personally think you're pretty mature. But again, compared to other people I know, I have no idea what that even means. Yeah. It's not really a relative thing. It's not. Re- it's not. Thing, is it? No, it's really not. No. So you can take that at face value. Sure. I hate you. No, <laughs> Ben's okay. podcast about Ben. Oh my god. <laughs> Classic. Classic Ben right there. <laughs> uh, that is something that I have generally been so insecure about. The maturity? Sucking attention into myself. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Do you ever get that? Yeah. Well, I don't really think about it because I don't really care. That's good. Like, usually I'm just like, hey, I got a fat ass. And we were like, woo! Yahoo! Yeah. That's what maturity is? <laughs> well, that's not what maturity is. That's kind of the goods. Um, <laughs> that's just what thickness is. I think... Yeah, I, I see it. I see it for you. You you do like that, the whole eyes on you kind of persona. I like it. But I think it's because that's what you think you like. I think you're trying to make yourself like it. But I'm not sure you actually do. Really? Yeah. It's another one of those things where it's a double-edged sword, I think. Mm. At least... Because I know at least what I'm supposed to do when that's the context that I'm in. Um, and there are just like certain groups of people where it is mo- like, like I'll, I'll notice basically the attention of the room will just kind of naturally drift to me when there's space. Um, and a lot of times that can be easy cause I'll, I'll just, you know, okay. So now I, I say what I, I'm thinking, right. 
not respond. Um, but there are other contexts where that isn't the case, and um, you, I guess maybe maybe it's just more difficult because it's it's not like just say whatever you're thinking all the time. It's more like pick your spots, make sure to leave the space for others because they're going to be more willing and desired to take it. Mm, yeah. um, of course, I would never think of any of this if I didn't have crippling social anxiety. You do. No. You definitely don't. You're joking. No. Really? No. You're capping. You are joking. I'm not joking. What? You're so... What? No. You you said you always push yourself out there. Dude, I feel like... Maybe that's only around me. I feel oh, like God. you can smell the anxiety on me. Like, no, I, see, that's an anxiety thing. I have that exact same thing. I'm like, I am just... <laughs> well, it's all funny my pores are letting out anxiety. I feel like I, can, like I can tell for you. Because you're like, when you get anxious, you're like moving super fast and you're, and you're talking a lot and you laugh way more than you actually would naturally laugh um, because you want to fill the space. But I feel like... I feel like if you actually observe me in a social scenario where I might be slightly uncomfortable, you can you can notice that like my feeling of being uncomfortable existing. Oh yeah, you have little ticks. Yeah, but everyone has little ticks. I don't think so. But I don't think it's crippling. Crippling is a very strong word. You're right. It's not crippling. That's a good point. Crippling is too because I so uh, I can I can do social. Yeah, I can. Like social. I have pretty bad anxiety. I. Used to have crippling anxiety, like panic attacks randomly. Okay. Just like actually crippling anxiety. Yeah. Like I could not function at all. That's yeah. crippling anxiety. Okay. Yeah. You I have do not social anxiety, it. but I'm sh- a lot of people have social anxiety. And True. I really am shocked because you, I feel like you always put yourself out there. I mean, I've seen you do a little, some like ticks. You're doing a little tick right now. Exactly. You, you, you know, scratch your hand. Yeah. But, like, everyone does that. You know, like, I feel like a lot of people get uncomfortable pretty easily, especially in a social setting. That might be a hot take, because I also have anxiety, so... No. That probably is a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. Okay. Um, I might be generalizing. It's weird. With the little tick thing, this is not the only direction I want to go with this, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like I do those alone, too. Oh, yeah. Do you know your ticks? I have a few. Yeah. Like, I... It's, like, shifting way back and forth. And I'm nervous, I'll, like, pacing. scrub my eyes. Scrub. Jeez. Yeah. What am I doing with my eyes? Yeah. I'll, I'll like, that touch too. my earring. I'll, like, Comb my hair. I used to do that a lot. I do that, too. Yep. Like, the hair. Crack my back. Yep. Stuff like that. Totally. Yeah, there's stillness, man. Stillness is... Yeah. I mean, that's for a lot of people. It's, it's weird to be still. I can try and do it right now and I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to say though, I think I think the reason I call it crippling, I think it's probably blown up because I'm insecure about the projection of my anxiety. It doesn't project as that's not oh, that's what I was gonna say. Right, I totally forgot. Thank you. Good good take. You're welcome. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's really common. People with anxiety tend to overestimate their levels of anxiety. 
and that's actually, oh, I forgot the word for it. It's a neuro term, but it's a common feeling because you're anxious, you're thinking more about how anxious you are. And so you overexpress or exactly. think you're overexpressing being really anxious when in reality you're really not. Mm. So like an example, like in high school, I just have really bad anxiety. I still have pretty bad anxiety, but I don't know. But um, I used to think that I smelled. So I would shower four times a day. And I would go into school and I would think so hard about not sweating, not sweating. And the minute I would sweat, damn, it would just get worse and worse and worse and worse. And I was like, oh my God, I smell I'm terrible. Fuck me. I smell like shit. Everyone hates me. Everyone can tell. That's not just not the case. Literally not, not the case. And I, like, only figured that out that I was, like, over-expressing or, like, exaggerating how, to, like, expressing, oh, how do I word this? Overblowing it in your Overblowing mind. Overblowing it in my mind. Right, exactly. And I was just like, it's crazy. That's terrible. That's why anxiety is so ridiculous. It's like, it really fucks with you. It distorts your reality. It completely <laughs> it, like, distorts. actually fucks with you. Yeah. Well, do you, did that come from, like, did someone once tell you you smelled? Not, well, okay, you know those, like, dickhead people in high school who are, like, who ripped ass, or, like, mm. they just say, just, like, fuck with someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's how it started. Yeah. And I, like. And you just hold on to it. Well, I also, okay, hold on, okay. I also was really fat. So okay. I used to always assume that fat correlated to stink. Mm. <laughs> it's not how it works. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not the science. That's people. not the science. Fat does not equal stink. No. Fat equals flavor in cooking. So that's how I know. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I was a really fat kid, so I was really uncomfortable with my own skin. So hearing people being like, oh, something smells, I used to always just be repulsed. I used to always just thought it was me, even though I knew it was not me. Mm. Okay. It's always that quiet girl who's ripping ass in the corner. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Lucy. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, because I guess with with my anxiety, that is what it feels like. Like, there have been occasions where it's been pointed out either explicitly or where... I know it's been noticed and I'm just so horrifically insecure about it. it. Yeah. Horribly. It makes it worse. It always makes it worse. And then you start overanalyzing it even more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Takes a long time to figure out how to work your way around that and like actually realize like this is just anxiety. I am okay. Everything is fine. Yeah. I do not smell. Yeah. Like, I'm anxious. But that's fine. Yeah, do you think... But I, I feel like the I do not smell, like, let my rational brain come in and save me is also different from, like, it's okay that I sometimes smell. And I feel like it's that second part, which is way more powerful and way harder to get to. Oh, yeah. I'm still not even there sometimes. That part is definitely a long time. Takes a long time to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I always am striving to get there and get 
But I also feel like myself when I don't. I feel like you also don't even like in this example. Mm-hmm. A majority of the time, you don't smell, so there is no second like path. You know, like you don't need this. The majority of the time, but all, but 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 I get what you're saying. There's all saying. there's usually going to be a part of your brain that's like right. I could smell. And so, really, it's, it's, I feel like it's hard to always, like, for sure say, no, I don't to that part of your brain. Got it. Yeah. You hungry? Not really. Do you want to end? I'm also not hungry. Okay. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to end either. Um, I want to get my water eventually. What else did I think? Do you think you, it's better, oh yeah, we can, we can refill on water. No, go. go Do you think it's better, or you get, it's easier for you to get engaged in something if you're kind of more one track minded? Like, if, okay. if bio is like kind of your one thing that is keeping you interested and that you're always reading more about, then it makes it so that you get much more engaged in bio stuff rather than if sometimes you read about bio, sometimes you read about soccer, sometimes you read about politics do you think you're able to become more interested in something if it is the only thing you're really interested in at the time i don't think i quite understand your question are you saying rephrase it <laughs> i will i'll just pro- I'm, I'm projecting because i like i feel like i have all of these different things that i dabble in a little bit uh-huh, uh-huh. and it makes it harder to like, get really into any of them on a long-term basis. Like, it's why it's really easy for me to put my TV show down because it's not the only thing I'm doing. It's, I've got all these other things that I can also put my time towards. And But on the other hand, if I was like... Like, I've talked to you about the app that I worked on before. I've probably mentioned it. I don't think you have, actually. Um, we hear it. made a company in my at the end of my junior year like capstone project beginning of covid it was completely independent though it was just through we just did it in the build that was me and two of my friends okay um and i was super into it and it was like the only thing that held really any interest for me for that whole year-long period i was so engaged in it (sighs) um because it was the only thing the app died the app died Yes. It actually did. Yeah. Oh, can okay, I feel like a dick? <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. No, it's totally fine. Ooh, bad timing. Um, All right. <laughs> no, but and now like there isn't anything that holds that much, that glues me to it that much. Mm-hmm. Um. And because there are a bunch of these different things that I'm like, okay, I could put time towards, but there's no particular reason to do one of them over the other. I struggle to engage deeply in any of them. In any of them. Do you feel like that's oh, the yeah. case? Okay. Absolutely. I, I'm almost to the point where I'm overstimulated with the amount of little toys and knickknacks I have. Exactly. It's because I want to do everything. I honestly think, again, I, I don't think I have an issue finding things interesting. I think the problem is I find too many things interesting. Mm. Like, I'll go on these little like tangent rants. I'll be like, fishing is amazing. And I'll go out, buy stuff to go fit. Maybe I'm bipolar, but um, <laughs> I go out. I'll go fishing. I'll be like, "This is amazing." And then three weeks, I'll be like, "Oh my god, piano, dude! Piano's amazing." 
I'll play piano for three weeks. And I'll be like, dude, baking. Baking is the next hot topic. I love it. Boom. Baking. This is what I'm going to do. Nothing else. And that falls off. And I just pick up a new hobby and just go, go, go. But I feel like that's more okay. Because it means that you are still super deeply engaged in whatever you're doing at any given time. It's just that you don't stick with it for that long. So I'm just wasting my time. No. Not at all. You can only waste time if there's a particular way that you should be using your time, and there's not. Sure. I was just wondering. I was curious. No, I wasn't like. You're good. Don't story. worry. <laughs> um, How dare you? <laughs> no, but it's cool because it does mean you can super deeply engage in stuff, in a bunch of different stuff. You just sample it. I feel I have often thought like that's what I should do. I should just. Either. I think that is what you should do. Yeah, I think that'd really help you. Yeah. Just start sampling a bunch of stuff. Just be like one week per thing. I wouldn't even set your limit. I wouldn't limit yourself. Literally just see what looks cool. Try it out for however long you want. A day. Five years. Whatever. That's a weird scale, but we'll, we'll allow it. Yeah. doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Use your time however you want. Just don't... You're limiting yourself in this little box. I have to do it for a week. You're already doing it. You didn't even find a hobby that you want to do and you're already limiting yourself. Well, I think, but I think you do need like a, you do need like a minimum time scale is my, is what I'm saying. Why? Because otherwise it'll just be like, oh yeah, I can just do chess for 10 minutes. Yeah, you can. In this time scale. But then I'll, I'll engage less in chess and I, I won't like think of it throughout my day and it'll be like, oh, I want to learn different openings. I want to learn different tactics and, and get better. Or I can be like, like the other day I just made some song on GarageBand and I was like, that's cool. But I'm not, I, it was cool. It was, it was good. I liked it. Um, but I wasn't like, and I've even thought about, oh, I can go do this now, but it's not like I didn't spend enough time and continue working through it to have it continuously come back to my mind and be like, oh, this is, this is something I want to keep going back to. That's kind of why I set like the weak parameter of like, okay, if I, if I really focus and try to put a solid amount of time just into one thing, then it's maybe probably going to be more likely to rope me in that. Yeah. I see. Okay, yeah. Actually, I didn't, I didn't think about it like that. Do it. Fuck it. Fuck it. All right. I'm doing it. Are you in the book club? I haven't gotten the book. Oh, my God. You know why? Because you, you texted me uh, about the book club. It's my fault you didn't get the book. Listen I'm, to me. It probably actually is my fault. I am so sorry. No, you're fine. It's just the way you said it is like we're not going to meet and discuss the book intermediately. It's just read the book in about a month and then we'll talk about it at the end. That's not a book club. We're busy. We're, the problem is... You're not. You're not that busy. You're not so okay, busy that you, know you can't what, set aside ben, a book. You know <laughs> You're not. Because <laughs> we're in school and I don't want it to be like an assignment. I want to read it out of gratification for myself. And okay. we meet once a month because in reality, we talk about the book. Yeah, we do. But yeah, there's wine. Okay, fine. I said it. I'm mostly there for the wine. I'm not saying don't <laughs> enjoy it. I'm just saying I would, it would be way more engaging for me if it was like read a hundred pages and then, cause you can dig so much deeper into like what's happening in these hundred pages. What do we think is going to happen? We can we do go that. Forward? We can totally do that. Are you saying we're not capable of doing that? Thing? <laughs> Are saying... you telling us we're shitty people? Is that what you're fucking saying, Ben? I'm sorry. Precisely you're in my house <laughs> and you're shitting on my book club in front of me, in front of the book. How do you think the book feels? <laughs> he's crying. <laughs> because he's not being read He's properly. not being read. I haven't even opened him. <laughs> well, that's actually encouraging. Maybe I will be able to do this. 
No, but seriously, like if you if you read the book, yeah, and you want to meet with me, you know, a little office hours, <laughs> once a week, or Professor whatever the fuck it is, Professor yeah. Credit, yeah. we could totally do that. We should do that. Okay, get the book. <laughs> I, okay, okay. I've seen this book too. It's supposed to be really good. For anyone who wants to join book club, um, shoot shoot me a shoot me a fax. <laughs> Um, message me on Instagram. Follow up on this. <laughs> Carry podcast. pigeon only, actually. Yeah. My life. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna give out your address then, huh? Yeah, um, eight nine Garner Street. Oh, okay. Make sure they the pigeon flies up to the balcony on the second floor. Yep, yep. I'll leave the window open. Perfect. But not the screen. The book is American Gods. By it's Nick American Day, Gods. By the way, no idea what it's about. Probably Americans. Probably gods. I I'd hope so. don't know if that's true or not. I hate all other beings that aren't Americans and gods. According to some other people, the main character's name is Shadow. That's pretty cool. I actually don't know if he's the main character, but for some reason that resonated with me. So. Alright, well, here. What if I got the book? We say read... This is a long book. I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's a thick. thicky. It's a Do you know how many pages it is? It's like 500 pages. Maybe 600 pages. Look, this is what happened. We, we got played a little bit. Alright. So we all, we all, we met up to talk about book club. We all were like, okay, we're going to present a book. It's going to be great. We're going to love it. So we all got these books. I mean, we get them. We like presented them like a little like, you know, pitch. Sure. And we are, we made the rules. It has to be less than 350 pages or close to that. One of our members lied. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Shocking. I know. I wonder who that could have been. It wasn't me. I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, you were looking at me intimidating. There's no one else in the room. Yeah. Okay. Conversation switch right now. What are your thoughts on Studio Ghibli movies? Have you seen them? No. Oh my And you are not the only person. Who was I talking uh, about this with? I was talking about this with Joe and Nina. Um, I yeah. think you'd really like them. That's why. I think so too. I think we should watch them. I think so, too. Okay. Which one should we start with? Do you like Harry Potter? We watched Harry Potter the other night at my behest. <laughs> you were here. No, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> like kind of foul. Sorry. You're fine. Um, for, for all you don't know, Studio Ghibli is like Japanese Disney. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It's a, Hayao Miyazaki's really a genius. And, and he was one of the first to do animation completely full drawing style animation and so there's a lot of creativity that goes into his work and for a lot of people not me but for a lot of people these movies are extremely nostalgic similar to how old Disney movies are to some people but I'm really here in a studio to give you realm for the music because really holy shit Bam! Constantly in my mind, 24-7. I don't know how. It's like Hans Zimmer on, on steroids. It, it, it resonates nostalgia with me, mm. even though I didn't see them growing up. That's how good the music is. That's pretty cool. It's really cool. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. Okay, so what should we watch first? Spirited Away? It's a great question. And no. Um, first... I will pick a few movies, put them in a hat, you can draw them up. Sounds good. But highly recommend you guys go watch them. 
They're really good. Also, you we, this was right in the middle of your story about book club and something that went wrong because you were lied to and something happened. Did oh, you? that was it. Yeah, someone just lied about the page number and then she won. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we didn't know until we got the book and we are like, oh. That was, that was a poor story. <laughs> okay. Um, not particularly shocking. Yeah, no, of course it wasn't <laughs> shocking. Do you know how many days I had to prepare that? One? Yeah. I uh, pitched it like like a god. I was like, do you guys read books? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we're in book club. I'm like, exactly. So let me pitch this book to you. What'd you pitch? The picture of Jean, Jeannie Doran. No. The pith of... Some, I forget. Okay. The, that is fine. The picture Jamie Do- James Doran. So isn't it? I assume, because didn't you tell me like two weeks ago or three weeks ago that you were going to finish this book within a month? The Picture of Dorian Gray. That is what I pitched. I've heard of that. By Oscar Wilde. Yes. Yes, I have heard of that. Have you read it? I have not. That's no. why I pitched it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read The Perfume? No. But Inez mentioned that on our podcast. Absolutely well. amazing book. Yeah. If anyone wants... Actually, I don't have it with me. If anyone wants to stop by and like grab some books, I have a lot of books that I'm totally willing to lend out to people if they want. Okay. Um, yeah. Remember, address is 89 Gardner. Address is 89 Gardner. You know, you, you know my fax number. Yeah, obviously. It's the most public thing in the world. Yep. Okay. Um, but... My point was, you you said like three weeks ago that you were going to finish this book in a month. Clearly, that's not happening. Not that book. Not that book. Oh, you're saying about the book club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Because, uh, okay, well, uh, how do I describe this without making myself seem like a crazy piece of shit? That's a great question. So, I've been reading Crime and Punishment. You know this. This is not new news. New news. Wow, that's it's not news. Sure. Whatever. But that's easier to say. I like the way I said it. New news. No, you don't. Um, I have about 200 pages left and I was super into it over the summer. Like I read probably like 300 pages in like a sitting, but it's, again, this comes back. We came back around. I cannot find the time to open it again and read it because I am so overstimulated by just everything else that's going on. Yeah. Like video games, piano, baking. Oh my god, dude. I've been trying to bake. I'm a terrible baker. No, you're not. So bad. So bad. Shut up. I'm really bad. No, you're not. Cooking. You guys want good food? You know where I live. I can cook. Alright? I It runs through my, my veins. Yeah. The marinara. The marinara. I can, I can see. Your veins are red. It's scary. I know. I know. It's mostly tomato sauce. <laughs> but, and probably high cholesterol. But that's not the point. No. The point is, I was going to finish this book, I thought, and I didn't. And, you know, it's upsetting, because I really want to finish it. It's really good. I like it a lot. That's it. That's my entire... Uh, yeah. You know? That's my reaction. Yeah. For sure. I feel you. Okay, well, if we set an intermediate deadline with, like, 50 pages of this book in a week. Oh, it's yeah, you Exactly. Have you just read No. Wow. I'm not well read. 
Don't say that. <laughs> it's true. I don't like the verbiage. I can't someone read me like a book. That's I feel like that was the next thing we were doing. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Would you think <laughs> that I'm not well read? Yeah, you see like the type of spark notes, all the stuff they made you read in school. So Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I actually wind up reading a lot of books. You ever read um All Quiet on the Western Front? Nope. Pretty beautiful novel. And by beautiful I mean gory, but in a beautiful oh. way. Okay. I did read Of Mice and Men. That's okay. Kinda overhyped. Is it hyped? It is. I feel like it's just like everyone knows. Right, so it's overhyped. The reference. Yeah, it's a little yeah, like take Lenny out back. Yeah, we know. We all know what happened to Lenny. <laughs> he didn't go off and vote. But five I don't years know. If, <laughs> I don't know if everyone's like it's a great book. I think everyone's just like yeah, we know what happened to Lenny. I mean, yeah, it's it, it was like it's probably like one of the most critically acclaimed books. But yeah, no, and that's why I think it's overhyped. <laughs> okay. Because I read it and I was as a kid and I was like, this book's not that good. No, it's just not that good. The Great Gatsby, I liked it. It's pretty good. I thought it was mid. I thought it was mid too. It was pretty good though for a school tier. Book. I feel like weirdly, like thinking back on it, I like it more than when I read it. But that's part of the problem. Like anything with school, I'm gonna like less than if I was reading it not in school, because I just was biased. Is it because you had a bad, ex- bad learning experience, or just because you were not? interested in what was being presented to you. It's hard to even like think about when I go that far back. Um, I just generally, I just hate being forced to do things. I'm, I'm just like not okay with it. And so if I'm reading a book that I'm forced to read. Oh, God complex going on here. <laughs> well, I to tell other people what to do, but you can't be told what to do. Oh, who am I telling what to do? Right. Your no, I'm kidding. The members of my cult. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Don't say it out loud. They might hear us. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, it doesn't jive with me. Which is also bad because it gets, you know, where it becomes problematic is I don't like listening to myself when I'm telling myself what to do. Like if I see, I in see. my own brain, I'm like, you should do that or you shouldn't do that. I'm like, fuck you, brain. <laughs> fuck you for pretending that it matters what I do and don't do. I'll show you. Have you seen Avatar The Last Airbender? Really tangent here. Yes. Thoughts? In love. Better than Korra? Yes. Thank you. Who disagrees? <sighs> Do you know? I forget. But someone was trying to tell me, Korra's better because of blah. Korra's better because of blah. I was like, dude, I can just tell you've never seen Avatar. Okay? I think Korra has things that Avatar doesn't, but Avatar I disagree. is so much more consistent. It's consistently... Better plot driven. It's consistently funnier. It's consistently mm. leaves me on edge. That's right there. I'm already beyond intrigued. I don't even need a fourth and fifth hand to know that I like it. See, yeah, I, I think And the character development's so good. It's so good. The character development 
Um, like, every character has a purpose. True. And in Korra, I don't think that's the case. True. Well, that's the thing with Korra. I feel like Korra Season 1 is on the level of Avatar. I agree. I very highly agree. And I don't know if you know, the context is that they only were meant to make the one season of Korra, which makes a lot of sense because it. it's such a well-concluded season. It is. Oh, that makes sense. They have the three books in Avatar, and then the final and the first book of Korra is Air, so it fits together perfectly, and they just had to add all the other ones. And then... They got carried away. You can totally see in season two, like, it. it, it is... It is clearly like this overly contrived story. Like it, you feel that they're making something out of nothing. You can see oh, yeah. that they don't have roles for all of the characters to right. fill, which is heartbreaking. And they just put them in for plot. Yes. They're like, oh, here's this new character we just met. And you're like, okay, obviously something's going to happen to this character because we just met him, right? Yes. And then that's exactly what happens. You're like, shocker. Yeah. Like, no. And, and the characters that they established... In the beginning, like... They don't continue to grow in season two and three. And that's why I'm just like, what? What is the purpose of this? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And you can tell, like... Like, it's almost... You can tell there's such clearly, like, side stories. Like, it's like, oh, we we need to give these other characters something. Like, we need to give them screen time. So let's... Let's forge this... This conflict that doesn't really matter and... Mm-hmm. It's painful. Um, I mean, I also love season three of Korra. Um, because... I think Zaheer is awesome, and I think what they do with Tenzin and Jinora in season three is fantastic. Tenzin is my favorite character, Korra. Got it. Um, but yeah, but seasons two, season two, mostly mid to bad. Besides the Avatar one origin episodes, which are. Yeah. Amazing. Which actually, to me, you're caught up on Attack on Titan, right? Yes. Kind of feel a little bit like these origin episodes we're getting for Attack on Titan. Interestingly. Um, like, the how the Foundry year started and all this shit. Got it. Um, and then season four is garbage. Season four, massive disappointment for Korra. The ending sucked, in my opinion. Uh, it... it and it was funny because I I watched Korra for the first time. Sorry, I'm like ranting. Um, with I asked you a question. <laughs> you anxiety. I, why am I speaking? Who who made me speak? Literally, this is a perfect example. I know. Like too much attention on me. I need to spread it. Um, me ask a question. You panics ensues. <laughs> How much am I allowed to say? Uh, <laughs> am I allowed to even speak right now? <laughs> Where am I? Where are my pants off? Oh God! <laughs> this isn't safe. <laughs> Am I at the gym? No. <laughs> what are these dumbbells doing? <laughs> Pumping iron. <laughs> Wait, no, that's my name. No. <laughs> um, but I watched it because I watched Michael. And Michael is like... Hey, what? You, you, you know Michael. my The guy who was my roommate for four years. Oh, you oh, I thought Michael. you were you talking about a core character. And I was like, that is not... A thing. A traditional name. No. <laughs> a traditional avatar <laughs> name? No. Yeah. Um, yep, his name was Michael. But Michael, like, so, context. I watched Avatar for the first time just before my freshman year of college. Wow. Fell in love. So you didn't grow up with it? No. God, that's heartbreaking. I loved it, though. Like, as an 18 year old, I loved it. Um, I mean, probably goes like Iroh. Off Zuko. 
Yeah. Ooh, what about the watermelon guy? <laughs> the cabbage guy? The cabbage guy. Carrot yes. cabbage guy. Cabbage guy, also top tier. Um, but, so I watched that, and I get to college, and I find out Michael is absolutely obsessed with Avatar. He's already rewatched the show probably ten times. He did grow up with it. We rewatch it every semester we live together. Every single one. Nice, as you should. And only by, like, our junior year... Do does he start watching Korra? Or maybe sophomore year. Wow. Okay. Yeah, does he watch Korra? So I watched Korra before him because my friends from home who got me into Avatar showed oh, me Korra as that well. That actually happened to me too, yeah. That's yeah. I started watching Korra. Yeah. And so Michael didn't like Korra, mostly. Okay. Except when it got to season four and it got to the end of season four, it, he was like the most disgusted I ever saw him. He was horrified by it. He hated it. So much. He was like, I will never watch this again. It has tainted the graceful memory that is Avatar. And I'm angry at it because of that. I knew it. Yeah. I had that. Really? Well, no. I didn't take it that serious. Exactly. You know, like, I love the creators of Avatar, obviously. Korra, I think, was trying to stretch a plot that wasn't fully developed. And yep. I give them props for trying to do that, but my god, man, you gotta find a, like, you gotta end a show when you know it's going nowhere. Like, totally. that's my main issue with, like, Grey's Anatomy. That's a great example. Oh my god. Just stop. Yeah. It's so bad. There's no plot to be developed anymore. There's no plot. Yeah. No one cares. Meredith Grey is, like, probably 60. Okay? Like, don't want to see how she interacts with like new actors you just found off the street like i don't i just don't care yeah that's fair sorry sandra oh sandra oh was wait no she's uh yeah yeah no sandra is the opposite yeah um it's actually not it's actually not who created it no apologies no no no. um i totally was gonna say something well do you know they're they're making avatar movies animated avatar movies like they're making a kiyoshi movie um like a sequel, no. a sequel movie when they're adults. No, and it's gonna be like the Avatar movie all over again. Maybe a Korra one. You're gonna be waterbending live action. It's not live action though. Thank fuck for that. Yeah. Do I you mean, see the live action one? No. Oh, I saw it as a kid and I thought it was bad. That's how you know it's bad. Yeah. I was like seven. I was like, "Mommy, this is bad," and she's like, "It is, son." <laughs> That's correct. Turn that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure they chose a, a character to play Aang that wasn't actually bald, and they just put a really poorly, like, wig cap on him. Yeah. Or, like, bald cap. And it's very obvious it's a bald cap. It's bad. That's horrible. It's, like... It's horrible. Painful. It's, like, painful to watch. Yeah. What are your other favorite TV shows? <laughs> Wait a minute. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, sorry, no, I said that. Go. I'm trying to think if they had a real-life marmoset to play Momo. <laughs> that would be so funny. That'd be awesome. Just, like, an actual character, and there's still a wild animal. <laughs> I mean, they so do that in Hollywood sometimes. Bad. Oh, my God. God, I, I really hope these new Avatar movies are good, and not, like... Oh, I just know they're not going to be good. They could be. They're going to be, like, the Sonic movie... No, no. <laughs> it's no, gonna take no. Reddit to figure out if it's actually worth watching or not. I'm gonna migrate over here. Okay. Oh yes, this was a good choice. Okay. Well then, just because 
the recording device kind of still needs to be oh, near okay. us. Okay, we have the technology. Um, other favorite TV shows? Um, Whoa. SpongeBob. I fucking love SpongeBob. So much. Okay. So a big Nickelodeon guy, clearly. I was a big Cartoon Network guy, actually. But SpongeBob was the exception. I mean, SpongeBob and Avatar. Okay, relax. Don't don't call me out like this. It's the Cartoon Network shows you used to watch. Old Ben 10 slaps. Yes. It does. Um, okay, so I used to watch Old Ben 10, Courage the Cowardly Dog. Never watched that. So good. It was kind of what got me interested in, like, horror. I don't know why. I'm not interested in horror. So. I was fucking terrified of horror mm. as a kid. I hated it. Oh my god. I had to sleep paralysis one time as a kid. God damn, I was traumatized. I think that's actually what caused you to have sleep anxiety. That is legitimately what caused my sleep anxiety for years. Mm. Um, but Curse Cowardly Dog was so... What a cool concept for a kid show. What else did I watch? Chowder. Yes. I used to watch all the weird shows. Chowder. I watched some Chowder. Flapjack. I don't even know what that is. Didn't watch it. Flapjack. Weird show. Don't watch it. So strange. Okay. Um, oh, Kid Next Door. Duh. Fire show. I watched a lot of 90s shows. That's why I like, come to the conclusion. Teenage Years. iCarly. Yep. Um, Same. Did you watch uh, I watched Drake and Josh. Same. Phineas and Ferb. Yes. A lot of Discovery Channel. Like, Naked and Afraid. That's the toss-up. Like, I don't know what was on with me. I was like, I'm going to grow up and be in the wilderness. And I'm like, nope, this is not an attainable goal for a child. <laughs> or an adult. Yeah. Hopefully. For most of them. I mean, the Discovery Channel was just such an escape. Because it's like, it's reality TV, I guess you can say. Kind of. Is that reality TV? It is reality TV. But also it's like, has historical context. Mm. And also, like, to me, it didn't seem real as a child. Because I was like, whoa, there's this part of the world I didn't even know existed. Yeah. I did not even know the oceans were this vast. I didn't even know the oceans were this cool. And then I started getting to, like, one planet and... Blue planet? Blue planet and all the planets. Yeah. Fucking crazy. What about now, though? Or have you just not been watching TV much in your recent years? I don't really watch a lot of TV. Well... I've gotten into anime, like, recently. I used to be averted to the genre. Okay. Because of all the memes around it and... The stigma. How they over-sexualize a lot of things. Mm -hmm. They still do. And I... That is my big thing that I dislike. Mm -hmm. Over-sexualizing every single female character. It's weird. It's not Western. True. And I don't want to say that it's weird because I almost feel insensitive about it. But then when I looked into why they do it, it is weird. They do it just to attract, like, something. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I've been watching a lot of anime. Um, I've seen Kogias. I've seen. I haven't even heard of that one. Oh, so good. Okay. So, so good. You should watch it. Attack on Titan. Yep. Um,. Full Metal Alchemist, Brotherhood, Okay, Hunter Hunter, stuff like that. I've so seen a lot, a lot of them. Okay, Jujutsu Kaisen. Okay, um, yeah, I love Super Magi, dude. JJK. Oh man, love Magi. Should watch it. It's underrated. Okay. Fairy Tale. I got a little happy 
at the uh, the Dewey on my my table. Hmm. My Hero Academia. I mean, I. So you're really in. I'm I'm deep in now, and yeah. I think what really brought me to the genre was Studio Ghibli. Okay. And I feel like a lot of people wouldn't call it anime, but um, it really is. I think it really is, and so good definitely watch them we gotta watch them together we were also supposed to do a lord of the rings marathon do you remember us talking about oh i'm that? so down i would yeah. totally rather do that than studio ghibli no than my plans for tonight but um <laughs> i really don't want to i yeah i, I mean you should i feel bad because this is that's a group yeah let's let's segment into this i like this um so for all of you guys out there that don't know I got invited to go to a party with some people that I don't know. And that's fine. That's totally fine. That's not that issue. The issue is the only person I know is my girlfriend. And it they're her friends, kind of. She also doesn't know some of the people there. But she knows them better than I do. And again, that's not an issue. But... The last time I interacted with them, they only spoke about things that I didn't know. They only talked about things that were within their circle, and so I felt uninclus- unincluded in the excluded, conversation. Excluded, <laughs> Yes. Some may say. In their conversation. And I just overall did not really have a good time. And so my girlfriend was attributing it to me not really, you know, hanging out with them enough for them to include me, but... I hung out them twice now, one in a party setting and one not in a party setting, and both times I barely spoke to any of them. Like I feel like neither, no one went out of their way to even acknowledge me even being there. It was very strange. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to like what you were gonna say. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, um, I was gonna go broader with it, I guess, and be like, it's it's an interesting, it's a perfect example of like. You agreed to do something, but the authentic truth is you don't want to do this, right? I don't. You're going to be doing this, and you're going to be thinking about Why what you could it? not be doing, right? Yeah. And this is something where I guess I'm interested in talking about it because I feel like my mindset on this has changed a lot in like recent years, whereas before I put so much value on just living like up to the expectations that I set to make sure that, that no feelings were hurt. And I've shifted much more to like, I need to be open and honest about what I actually want to do so that, and make it so that kind of like these expectations aren't, they don't become a norm mm. that I'm going to be like forcing myself to put, to be in situations that I'm not going to enjoy just to try to show something to some other person. And I think that's kind of the big thing here is like, like you feel like you need to go to show some kind of dedication to this, to your girlfriend, which on the one hand, very human of her makes sense. On the other, she should have compassion and understanding for you for one, not wanting to go and for knowing that you not wanting to go is not a reflection of her and rather of the situation. But that's all the logic of it and not the feelings. Yeah, I just feel bad because I feel like I, I say no a lot. 
Yeah. Because it's always the same scenario. It's like, do you want to come out and drink with my friends? It, and I'm like, well, I don't really want to drink. And she's like, okay, I get it. You don't want to hang out with my friends. I'm like, well, no. I'm like, I'm like, I, I just, just don't really want to go drink. Yeah. Or like, it'll be like, sure, I'll go drink. But like, can I invite people? And she's like, well, no. Ooh. And I'll be like, okay. So that's a little awkward. Yeah. I mean, okay, but I, you know, I only know you. It's like yeah. being invited yeah. to a party where you only know one person. You know that like awkward feeling. Yeah, especially if it's like and just then the they host. Leave and you're just there. And you're like, hi. I'm gonna die. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know you. Whose house is this? Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. Oh, dude, I had one of those nightmare moments um, at a party a few weeks ago, and it it was like the worst thing in the world. Yeah, you're just standing there. You're like waiting for your friend to get back, and you're like, oh my god. They're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. And like I'm here and it's it's noticeable that I'm standing here and I'm not interacting with anyone. And, uh, and then panic sets in and your anxiety kicks in. And you're like, I'm stuck in this party and I know no one. Yeah. Holy shit. It's like how many times can I go hide in the bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> how many times can I pee before they find out I'm not peeing? <laughs> <laughs> Quickly make farting noises. <laughs> Goes Just, on YouTube. <laughs> Oh, guys. Looks up chimpanzee noises. <laughs> Everyone, what's going on in the bathroom? Who brought a monkey to this who party? Brought, who brought this ape? <laughs> yeah. So, so what are you going to do? You're going to go probably still, right? You're going to go gonna suffer? Go. I'm going to go, though. Damn. Especially because I'm about to go to a party, which should be more fun. Must really suck uh, to know that. No. Right, it's, no? It's, it's fine. Yeah, of course. Um, it is good to do to do things so, for people you know, sometimes. I'm gonna see how it goes. I I gotta step out of my comfort zone. I, you know, and and from here, I need to like figure out. Maybe I judge them a little too quickly. That's that could be on me. That that is generally something that I do do. Because I don't have a lot of patience. Really. So. <laughs> I tend to judge people rather quickly because I just don't have patience to actually want to get to know you. You don't want to get to know me. Okay. So I might have done that in this case, but I think tonight will really ingrain if that is true or not. So we will see. I hope that's not the case because that would be really awkward. It is definitely good to stay open-minded. But it's I do think it's it is harder in these kinds of situations where like you're you're basic you're you're going into it's not hostile territory but it's not like your home turf or whatever no, it's, it's not a place that you're comfortable right it's not so whatever is being talked about or whatever you don't get to set the vibe you don't get to set the openness and you know yeah like i just feel like my there's no input i can put into i just don't like a majority of what they talk, talked about last time was just drama yeah like in-house drama. Yeah. I don't know these people. The other thing that's hard about that is like... And they're all friends with each other. Yeah, and dra- <laughs> drama is so hard to like, get into, I feel like, because it's so inherently judgmental when people true. are talking about it. And I feel like a lot of times when I hear people talking about drama, I'll kind of... I'll maybe go to a more compassionate stance, but I don't want to enter the conversation and be like, Hostile, like, well, they're probably okay. Like, it probably wasn't that, like... Yeah, because there's, like, who is this dude? Yeah. 
what, who, who invited this? Like, who is not letting me like, shit talk this other person right now? Yeah. What is he doing? Yeah, especially, like, if you don't know them that well. Yeah. And you're just kind of saying something in general just to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Man, I've had that backfire on me many times. You're like, no, it's not that bad. And they're like, what? <laughs> what did what did you just say? <laughs> yeah. It's scary. It's yeah, scary. Well, I mean, it is bad. No, it's too late. <laughs> you're <out>. done <laughs> you're done here who are you yeah <sighs> how do you feel about talking about drama of people you do know with other people who know them how do i go about it how do you feel about doing it or i guess i usually just tell them to their face because i'm kind of a, I'm not a bitch <laughs> no you're not a bitch yeah and that's a not a bitch move. if i have beef with someone i'm going to tell you to your face i'm like yo you're really fucking annoying. Don't do this thing again. I'm going to tell you that to your face. You've never told anyone something like that. I actively have told someone that. Can you give me details? Can we talk to the drama right now? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, that's fine. You are being recorded, so don't say anything you don't want to be saying. <clears throat> Plead to fifth. Yeah, that's Plead fine. Plead to the fifth. Um, it's weird. I, I find... Because I, I love psychoanalyzing the people i know and it's like it's such a weird line between psychoanalyzing and like judging slash shitting on them behind their back mm-hmm. i struggle with that i f- sometimes i do shit on my friends but i do it because they're my friends i feel like you're not a good friend if you don't get it just like shit on them sometimes you know like no one's perfect I would be, it'd be weird if they thought I was like a perfect person. That'd be so strange. I agree. I think being able to be open about yeah. things that you, you can see, the imperfections of your friends are like, are the best signs that you are close friends. Because exactly. you know you're accepted for those things nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I totally agree. Yeah. Like you always make a conversation about yourself. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Joke no, it's it's perfect. Mind. See, that's what you do need to joke about <laughs> I know. because I it's need to know much. it's okay. Uh, I do this too. Uh, no, you don't. But, um, you really don't. I do feel like that's also one of the most powerful, like, friend-making tools. Yeah, just shitting on people? Making it clear that it's okay to shit on you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a line. You can't shit on yourself too Right, hard, right, right. But you have that, to... That, that's the line. Yeah. If you start doing it too much, people are like, ooh... This dude is really Well, that's insecure. why I'm glad because you've done that and I I've called you out when you've done right, it. Right, I have. So, Which I feel context, like is a good thing to do. Context, we really know. I put on a lot of weight last, what was that last semester? Two semesters ago. Two semesters ago. Um, and I went to Puerto Rico and I had this really funny experience. Well, it was only funny once I saw like the humor in it, but I put on a lot of weight and I brought these dress pants that I had not worn since the summer before. Mm-hmm. And we were going to the club and I was going to put my dress pants on and they basically ripped. They like got to my ankles and I heard like, and I was like, what was that? I looked down and they were just stuck. And so I walked out, I was staying with like a few of my friends and I walked out and I'm like, Hey guys, I, I think we have a problem. Like they all started laughing. I was like, this is hilarious. Like, of course is, I'm gonna make fun of myself in this scenario. Like, I put on a lot of weight. That's fine. But this scenario is actually comical. But I think what happened is I came back 
and it wasn't with necessarily my close friends and so to try to like make new friends i would pick on myself it's like a common Mm. defense mechanism it's like yeah it's like if i call myself out on what i think is wrong with me no one else can do it correct and that's what i was doing um and then you call me out and i was like you bitch how dare you well, say was, truthful things to me? I feel like what it is is you can say things – you want to say things about yourself that you're also okay with other people saying. But whenever you would make comments about your weight, they're like – I don't know what, what even made it clear, but it was clear that like like other people couldn't make those comments. Yeah, no. It's because I was so uncomfortable with myself yeah. in those moments. And I didn't – at first, it, it did start as a joke. Like I generally I – was, I was upset that I put on a lot of weight. But I did eventually start seeing that it was like comedic gold. It was great. Yeah. All the fat jokes, they were coming to me like <laughs> fly on shit. Yeah. And were. the problem was I started using it so much, I didn't realize that I just was making those jokes because I was so uncomfortable with myself. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And it was – it was, I think it was also because, like, like, at least your close friends, like, I felt like I knew that you, like, you wanted to work back to not being this way. Like, you yeah. felt like you wanted oh, to yeah. change it. It was not, it is not something that, like, you just kind of accepted. And, but I don't know, maybe there's, it's hard to determine exactly, like, when it is okay to joke about something, when it is okay to, but, to joke about something about yourself, and when it's not. It's, like, a very difficult a, yeah, fine there, line. There is a fine line. I don't know what that line is. No, I don't either. But I do know when it's been crossed. I think everyone knows when it's been crossed. Yeah. And that's what's so interesting. It's so interesting. Well, like, I think the hard thing is I know when it's been crossed when someone, based on someone saying something about me, but I don't know if when I'm crossing it saying something about myself or even necessarily mm-hmm. saying it about some other person. I don't always know. Oh, okay. That might be a you problem. <laughs> Damn I, it always know when it sometimes you just tell like where the line is with people sometimes a lot of times you can't and so i play it pretty conservatively yeah i'm not going in being like what's up fatty like no like (laughs) you know like there are certain there's also like certain topics of course that are more obvious to stay away from of course of course weight in specific yes followed by like Dick size, obviously. Dick size? No, dick size is the easiest, the most on the menu, for sure. Um, but uh, this is perfect because I was playing chess with Joe at my place a few weeks back or something. And this is such a good example. So so I'm better than Joe at chess. Damn. We right, both flex. we <laughs> both know that. Joe and I both know that. Uh, I'm sure. Um, Joe makes comments. About how, like, he only stays in our games because I keep pointing out moves that I think he should make when we're playing. Um, and I, like, I was getting out this chessboard, and I knew I was going to play him. And I, I noticed, like, this this discomfort in me about, like, saying anything about the game because I, because it felt like there might be a line that I was crossing there. Like, there might be actual insecurity about, about this imbalance. But, so I decided that, I, w- I wanted to I wanted to make light of it. I wanted to get rid of this discomfort like that might exist between the two of us. And so I said something like, 
Like, Joe, I want you to know I'm going to fucking destroy you at this game. That's I, so foul. Because I was trying to, like, go way over the top. You went too far. It, but it was funny because I, I told him this. I explained it. I was like, no, it's, I'm, so, I'm trying to joke because I'm trying to go over the top. And he's like, the thing is, it's, it's kind of accurate. Yeah, no, it is. It's kind of accurate. But what, what it really is, it, I'm trying, it should be, I'm trying to make it clear that it's humorous because the thing it's I'm so saying is so ridiculous. Like, it's so ridiculous that I would actually try to maliciously say that to him. Yeah, but the problem is, I get it because you were already, you, you're, you both know that you're better than him. Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, that's. But that's an example of like when I missed the line and because he was like, because it, it was like, it did not come off well. So, yikes. It happens. It happens. So, like and subscribe. Um, you gotta call it? Yeah, I gotta call it. Alright. All good, people. Thanks for listening. See you later. Peace.